mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. You may be seated. The Old Testament ceremonial law is referred to as a shadow, a shadow of the things to come, but their substance is something, or rather someone else. St. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, 16 to 17, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Hebrews 10 says a similar thing. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. And it continues on in that chapter and finally comes to a head both figuratively and literally when it says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet, for by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So we see that shadow language, we see that substance language, we see all of those things coming to a head in Christ, and then in Hebrews 8 really hits this home and sums it up well when it writes concerning Christ. Now the point in what we are saying is this, we have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, and the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifice, sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about erect to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there had been no occasion to look for a second. So with all that theology of the Old Testament ceremonial law, that brings you to today, this first day of the new year, and this day in the church year, the circumcision and name of Jesus. So you see then, when Jesus is circumcised, that the substance of the law has come, and he fulfills all that was as a shadow, pointing to and anticipating. So listen again to that gospel reading. St. Luke, Luke wrote, at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to be circumcised, they were doing what good parents do. They were following God's word in their lives. On the eighth day, a boy was to be circumcised as God commanded for this temporary thing which would point to a future thing. They were following God's law, and Jesus was born under the law, even though he himself is without sin. 
Although I will say, at that bulletin cover for today, the guy doing the circumcision, he looks a little, he's got a weird look in his eyes, and that knife he's holding is a bit ominous. But just as Jesus fulfilled the ceremonial law, he also fulfilled the political law, part of the old covenant, and the eternal moral law. The obedience of Jesus is an important thing as we consider his life and work for us. It's total. It's active and it's passive. You learned that in confirmation class, right? The active and passive obedience of Jesus. We see that the Lord entered into his creation. He fulfilled the same law which was given to man, given to his creation, and the law which condemns man who has sinned against God and fallen short of God requires and commands. He did this all in his whole person as God and man. He was perfectly obedient to God's law, even as himself is perfect. He did this all as well, knowing the price that must be paid and the pain which must be endured, even as an eight-day-old infant. He's suffering, yet he went forth. He did as he was commanded by the Father. He was cut off marked with that visible mark which reminded God's people who they were, who their God is, reminding them of the sin passed down from an earthly father to his children. So Jesus, the Son of God, who had no earthly father, who had no sin but came to his own so that they would be sons of God, sons of their Father in heaven, enter into this this day. So circumcision, dietary laws, Sabbath, and other ceremonies of the Old Testament are no longer applied to you. Thanks be to God, we eat bacon, and that's wonderful. So, too, the political law, that is, the laws of the Old Testament, people regarding their rule and life in this world, they have been fulfilled. And all of those things point to the fact that they and you are to be different, that you're set apart from the world you live in, here and now. You're God's people. And that moral law, which is eternal and reflects God's righteousness, reflects his holiness, reveals to you his will, does this as you hear it, as you see what God requires of you, and it guides you as a Christian in this life. People who have been called out of darkness, called into the light, called from out of death, called into life. So you are called away from sin. You stand condemned in your old man, that man that seeks a life which is not set apart, that which is not holy, that which does not desire what God requires, and is conformed to this world, to the ways and works of the devil, and held in bondage to sin. So God preaches to you to repent. His law condemns you in all of this, that he lays before you and exposes that you have fallen, that you deserve the righteous, unwavering judgment due sin, which is death and hell. Because that curse of sin is real, and Jesus takes that on as he is the Lord who has saved you from sin, death, and the devil. So he is no shadow. He is the substance of all that was to come. And he alone is the fulfiller of all that God requires. The infant Jesus here in this reading shed his blood as faithful parents brought him to be circumcised. Faithfulness is painful at times. It was painful for Jesus. Still, the benefit for you is eternal. As Jesus would go through this world, and he who neither slumbers nor sleeps walked this earth and did grow tired, did sleep. 
He knows what all these things are as he faced them all without sin or even entertaining the notion to sin or had a desire to either. Each and every minute, he was faithful. And that's the important thing for you as you hear this today and as your eyes are set before Christ as the fulfiller of the law. In a day and age where an accountability and or truth seems to be thrown aside, Jesus showed you that in his life, even though he is fully God and man, he subjects himself to live out what is required of man and what man cannot do. In the case of circumcision, he was pointing you forward to himself who would be the new covenant and would institute a new and greater circumcision of the heart, whereby man is called out of this world and marked with the name of God himself. Holy baptism. So in holy baptism, God has covered you with Christ, and you have all that he's done. And that's a constant in your life when everything else seems to be changing all around you. You know, every year when we come to the, the first day of the new calendar year, there's always those questions, right? You know, what's it going to be like? In the past few years then, we always plan something and then something else happens and because things seems to be an upheaval or whatever the case may be. Or you make a New Year's resolution, and by noon that day, you've already broken it. Especially when it concerns eating. But beginning 2023, or any year for that matter, it seems to be a bit daunting or maybe just lackluster or humdrum. But God knows what you has in store for you next. And to see Jesus as the fulfiller of the law, to see them as, him as the one whose righteous life is counted to you, and starting off your year in that day defines your new year as only God can do. What it does is it gives you a clear conscience to see God's name, to see the righteousness placed upon you, and to look at the world as one who isn't and won't be overcome by the burdens of this world. The substance of your 2023 is Jesus, your Redeemer. People of God, the words of the gradual speak to you this New Year's Day. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will remember their, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Did you catch all of that? God is your God. You are his people. And your sins, your lawless deeds... God doesn't remember them anymore. Why? Christ. He was faithful. He was obedient. He was your sacrifice. So take all of that to heart as you look at Jesus. Know what it means that you are baptized into Christ. Each day that the Lord grants to you this 2023 will be defined and lived in the faith which trusts in those promises of God. When you always remember that you were baptized into Christ, and you should each day when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night, as you make the sign of the cross, knowing that you are marked by the one who has redeemed you by his own blood, you face it as one who has been forgiven, one who has been rescued from death and the devil, one who has eternal salvation. That may seem so simple, but it's so profound, it's so powerful, because you're a baptized child of God. The righteous life of Jesus, it's yours, and no one is going to tear him away from you. No one or no thing. Because you bear God's name. You bear all that goes along with it as people of God. The circumcision and name of Jesus reminds you of that. 
to be sure, but also look at that name of Jesus himself. His name means Yahweh, the Lord saves. And that proclaims that to you and the salvation you have in him. God's nature and how he acts toward you is seen in Christ as you behold him in your God-given faith. Calling upon Jesus, you call upon your substitute, who atoned for your sin, and the one who even now intercedes for you constantly at the right hand of the Father, that human flesh and blood that was born in Bethlehem, that was uh, circumcised on the eighth day, that suffered, that is raised from the dead, sits at the right hand of the throne of God, praying for you. And following his word, you see the path of a new life that he has given to you, that has been set apart, that you've been freed to live in as you walk through this world with eyes fixed on the life to come. So knowing Jesus, then, is knowing who he is as God's word reveals him to you. Seeing him as the one who fulfilled God's law, seeing him as the one who shed his blood, blood for your sake, and you see the cost the Lord paid in order that you would be with him, even the suffering required of him as an eight-year-old, eight-year-old, eight-day uh, baby boy. God, the eternal, almighty God, subjected himself be, to be put under a knife of sinful men as a helpless little infant for the sake of you. So face this new year as one who bears that name. And even if you must suffer, even if you must endure hardships, the Lord's name has been placed upon you. And you don't go through this life as those who have no hope. Bearing the name of God, the name of Jesus, you bear the hope and the promises of eternal life. And with this comes confidence and, and the right to call upon God's name. That's something God has given you in Christ, that you call upon him. In the large catechism, Martin Luther writes some helpful words to, for you to consider. He said, For that is the true honor of his name, to look to it and call upon it for all consolation. That's what you have. And that's as you bear that name of God, as you call upon his name, and he hears and answers your prayers. And God preaches that to you to this day, and places a name upon you again and again and again in this place, constantly. Sunday after Sunday, throughout the whole divine service. God is for you, and that means everything. Rejoice loudly, dear Christians. Greet this new year in the name of the Lord. Your Lord has saved you, and his name is Jesus. Psalm 113 says, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. What a name to praise indeed, because he is for you. He is your Redeemer, the Word made flesh, and you are his own dear child. Your name has been written in the book of life on account of him and what he has done, and you are his own. Rejoice this day in this baby who shed his blood for you, who was obedient to the law on your behalf. Behold your Lord who was adored by the shepherds and angels, and yet is your brother in the flesh, only without sin. All his faithfulness, all his righteousness, all his forgiveness, life, salvation, they cover you. And they're reckoned to you in faith. His name is yours as you were baptized into Christ. Get up every morning and go to bed every night calling upon the saving name of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad in Jesus and confess continually, Great is the Lord. I am baptized. That's wonderful. And God has given you the promises that you have as you think about the circumcision in the name of Jesus. And know too what your future will bring. As you see Jesus crucified and risen for you, and the promises that he, promise that he is with you always. 
He has fulfilled all things for you. He has called you, set you apart, and cleansed you in holy baptism, which clothes you with the substance, clothes you in the substance, Christ, of what circumcision was a shadow of, pointing to what he, him to come. Find consolation in your baptism, which is the same as saying find, finding consolation in Christ. Rejoice that Jesus is faithful, that he gives you his righteousness, even as he has taken all your sin upon himself and paid the price that you will. His obedience to the law is credited to you. He, his suffering, the punishment for your sin, has satisfied the righteous wrath of God for you. He shed his blood on the cross, and that blood has cleansed you from all sin. And he pours out his blood and gives it to you, forgiving your sins, even this very day, as you eat and drink his body and blood in the Lord's Supper. So what your future holds, then, is that you are a child of God. You're a child of God now, this very day, this very first day of the new year. And you will be a child of God forever, even into life under lasting, even whenever that day comes when you should breathe your last breath in this, in, on this earth, or if Christ should come before then. When the Lord raises you up, you still are a child of God, and you will always be a child of God, baptized into Christ. That's who you are. That's who your Lord is. That's what he done, has done for you, what he continues to do for you as you bear his holy name, which has saved you. So know with certainty that you are an heir of eternal life. Know whatever comes your way, the Lord is with you. Know that he will not let you stumble or fall, but will instead guard and keep you to the day when all tears, when all sorrow, when all sin, when all death are long forgotten. And call upon his righteous name that he has placed upon you and still places upon you today. Your Lord, who has fulfilled all things, says to you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.